the grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. The storms are brewing, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, at least it seems like nothing. We discuss that and more today on The Grid. Phenomenal Christianity is a book, a belief, and an experience written by Sean Griffin. It chronicles a lifestyle of power that transformed lives by revealing the love of God and the ways of His kingdom. Jesus promised us just that in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. As a Christian, can you imagine living every day with that kind of supernatural power? Phenomenal Christianity is a book of stories. Stories where through prayer, Sean was able to see God move in tangible ways so that others might experience healing and the love of Christ. Sean has an evangelist heart as he desires to see the church move in the supernatural. Sean is also a patriot whose love for country is only exceeded by his love for Christ. I've known Sean for years, and I can assure you, you're in good company. Check out his book, Phenomenal Christianity, on Amazon or visit his YouTube channel, Phenomenal Christianity. That's Phenomenal Christianity, the book or the YouTube channel. Be sure to drop Sean a note and let him know that you are a Kingdom Patriot. Welcome to this week's News and Review. Elon Musk now has the ability to destroy Twitter. Now, I don't think this is necessarily the case, but he set the social and financial landscapes abuzz when he announced his purchase of Twitter has now been put on hold. And it appears to be related to a statement that less than 5% of Twitter accounts are fake or spam bots, as they call them. Having been through several acquisitions in my life, I'm all too familiar with the due diligence phase which occurs after an announcement or intention, but precedes the actual execution of an agreement. Now, my personal belief is that Twitter has understated how many fake or bot accounts they actually have. And if I'm Musk, that would make Twitter's value less, because if the actual real user accounts is overstated, that has a potential to run off advertisers who aren't getting their money's worth. More to come on this, but I think Musk is at an unusual point of leverage. He could rene renegotiate his purchase of Twitter, or he could just walk away, and Twitter's stock will be destroyed when the truth comes out. Now, we also will likely do a Kingdom Patriot alert later this week, uh, an email alert when we know more, but it appears the Biden administration is supporting an amendments to the IHR of the WHO. What the heck is that? It stands for the International Healthcare Regulations of the World Health Organization. At first glance, many conservatives that know more than I see the formation of a compliance council or committee with this group, and it's stated in these amendments that potentially could usurp U.S. sovereignty related to making decisions in our country about pandemics, how to address them, lockdowns, reporting, etc. Again, I really don't know if enough on this topic yet, but be aware that there is tremendous chatter building, and it doesn't look good. There's supposed to be a vote at the World Health Organization to ratify these amendments the week of May the 22nd. Also this week, far-left abortion activists marched and picketed the homes of six conservative Supreme Court justices this week. They have openly stated they are going to fight like hell to change the justices' opinions on this case. So far, the DOJ has refused to prosecute any of these activists for openly violating the law. Yes, the law. Why? Because it is illegal to march at a judge's home with the intent to change their vote on a case. In additional abortion news, Chuck Schumer forced a vote in the Senate this week to quote-unquote codify Roe v. Wade. 
Now, it was struck down because the GOP-led filibuster. Those two sentences are what was played over and over in the media. But now, as Paul Harvey used to say, here's the rest of that story. The bill that Schumer brought to the floor did not seek to create an abortion law and, quote, codify Roe. The courts have been very clear over the years that even as bad case law as Roe was, it was deemed legal to have all kinds of restrictions, including partial birth abortion bans, third trimester bans, etc. Schumer's bill inexplicably took that and added a complete dose of steroids. It would have, in fact, made abortion legal up to the moment of birth in almost all cases and removed the majority, if not all, the consents required for minors. Secondly, the GOP never invoked the filibuster. This was a straight-up vote, and it failed 49-51. The majority won. All votes were along party lines except for Joe Manchin. Now, Joe Manchin has become somewhat of the darling of the conservatives as he appears to be the only Democrat to actually apply the 5% of his brain that he uses to his actual work. He's not stupid. He represents a state that gave the largest victory to President Trump more than any other. Manchin is popular because he was a popular governor there. But it is red country through and through. And he is not going to jeopardize his future on a crazy bill that was so bad. Honestly, I truly don't understand why Schumer would even do this. If he brought a bill forward that was much mi- a milder version of Roe, he likely would have gotten it as Susan Collins and Murkowski might have voted for it, but he didn't. He claimed he wanted every senator's vote on record. Well, good luck with that. This ought to be just more fodder for the Republicans come November. More inflation news this week. U.S. annual inflation rate dipped from an 8.5% annual inflation rate to 8.3%. Now, before everyone jumps up and down and hoops and hollers, you need to know what this means. It means the rate of inflation increase slowed slightly for one month. It is not a decrease, just the rate of increase. And oh, by the way, that's before another surge at the pump. So we have additional data. It's likely to go back up. Folks, we are steamrolling towards a recession and even worse. It's so bad that even Jeff Bezos is now mocking Biden over his comments about inflation. You cannot make this stuff up. Biden tweeted, you want to bring down inflation? Then let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. Okay, before I share Bezos' response, can we take 10 seconds to dissect this? Making sure corporations are paying their taxes, making sure they pay their fair share? Really? All that's likely to do is increase inflation. Why do you ask? Because the consumer always pays when a corporation is hit with more taxes, more fees, more regulations. Because no corporation is going to eat that. They're not going to take the hit on their bottom line. They're just going to increase their prices and pass all of those fees and taxes on to the consumer. Therefore, the ultimate effects of this are really twofold. One, consumers will pay more, i.e. via increased prices and inflation. And two, the government gets more revenue to waste. It's a lose-lose for everyone. Okay, to Jeff Bezos' response, this is what he said. The newly created disinformation board should review this tweet, or maybe they should form a new non-sequitur board instead. Raising corporate taxes is fine to discuss. Taming inflation is critical to discuss. Mushing them together is just misdirection. You know it's bad when this administration is getting slammed by the ultra-liberal Jeff Bezos. Jeez, you cannot make this stuff up. For this week's News and Review, that's a wrap. In order to expand our audience to like-minded believers and patriots, you have to tell them about us. How do you do that? I'm so glad you asked. Right now, in this moment, hit that follow button on your podcast and give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends and your neighbors about this community. Share any episode on your social media. If you feel compelled to share that photo of little Johnny who fell in a puddle, then surely sharing an episode of The Grid is just as easy. Help us today. Tell others about the Kingdom Patriot Group and this podcast, The Grid. 
In the news and review, we just talked about the World Health Organization and the international health regulations and amendments. Biden can't stop inflation. Ukraine conflict continues. Real wages are going down. And Schumer has decided that infant murder should be allowed up to birth. On and on the negative news comes. Sometimes I even get hives myself each week just recording the news and review. There are so many things that we hear about that have a tendency to bring anxiety. I'm not even talking about personal challenges and just the normal stresses of life that are difficult enough to deal with. Yes, my friends, the storms are definitely brewing like a hurricane. Do you ever feel like the world is closing in around you and everything that we hold dear, such as faith, friends, family, country, law, our very democracy, that's all that's going on is about to collapse under the weight of the enemy with no clear path to survival, let alone the ability to thrive? I feel like that sometimes. That's why today we're taking a reprieve from our normal podcast approach, which typically is topic-based on things that matter in the news. And today we're just going to encourage you where you are in your moment, experiencing your own storms of life. Listen closely and let God's word minister to you. I want to read today from Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where we dive in today. Let's take a moment and let this passage sink in. Do you feel like this sometimes? You're just going about a busy day and you say, Let's go to the other side. Let's just head home from work or something similar. And then out of nowhere, a furious squall comes up. Maybe it's external like we see today, godless people doing their very best to follow secular humanism to the spiritual death of our people and our country, or is it more personal? Has a furious squall come out of nowhere because you lost your job? Maybe a close friend or family member passed away or your spouse has gotten sick. Maybe your child has rebelled and is not walking in the security, protection, and blessing of the Lord. Do you ever feel like you're facing a furious squall? Do you feel like that they come all at once, threatening to break over your boat. The waves are scary. You feel swamped. You don't even have the emotional energy to carry on. Surely it's just easier to give up and let it all happen, right? Well, there's good news. In fact, there's great news. There is fantastic news. Jesus is in the boat with you. And he's so calm in the midst of your storm, he could literally lie down and sleep. I know, I know. We ask, is Jesus even in the boat with me? If he truly sees what kind of danger I'm in, if he sees my hurt, if he would just realize I'm about to fold like a cheap blanket, why doesn't he rescue me? Why is this happening? Why did my child pass away? Or why is our country going to hell in a handbasket? Why is everything coming at me at once when it looks like I cannot handle it? In that moment, are you tempted to say, God, you don't even care? I know I have more than once. Jesus, if you're so good, how can you allow such bad things to happen? Why are you allowing this 
to carry on. How come you don't intervene? I know you can. I know the almighty, infinite, omnipresent God of the universe can literally do the Thanos snap in his sleep without the infinity stones and accomplish more than we can comprehend. But often, he doesn't. He doesn't intervene in the chaos of life, at least not the way we would want. Why? Do you realize in that passage, the disciples asked the very same thing? The disciples that had already walked with Jesus were asking those same questions. Read it again. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? They were attacking Jesus and equating his action, which in this case was sleeping, as evidence that he did not care. If we take this passage literally, Jesus cared so much that he didn't even rebuke the disciples for questioning his caring nature. His very first action when he woke was to rebuke the wind and the waves. In fact, he spoke audibly to the waves, Quiet! Be still. Those waves of fear that come into your life from watching too much Fox News, or God forbid, MSNBC, they can be debilitating, inducing external hopelessness that becomes an inner prison. Jesus says to those fears and anxiety, Quiet! Be still. Jesus doesn't always change the circumstances we are in, but he will always say to our fears, hurts, anxieties, and worries, peace, be still. So how did the disciples tap into that? Well, first, and probably the most important, they had Jesus in the boat with them. Is Jesus in your boat? If not, my friends, you have hitched the wrong ride. If you have any hope to navigate the furious squalls of life, you can only do it in the arms of Jesus. You can only do it if Jesus is in your boat. When Jesus is in your boat, you cry out to him. Hear me, cry out to him. You must cry out to him with everything that you have. And when Jesus says, quiet, be still, we notice something very profound. Scripture does not say the wind lessened and the waves became smaller. No, it says the wind died down and the waves became completely calm. This is another thing we see in Jesus, and that is his completeness. You can numb your anxieties and fears with all kinds of things, work, sports, hobbies, TV, movies, social media, alcohol, drugs, and worse. Yet they all have the same dubious quality, and that's this, temporary reprieve. That's it, temporary. But again, when Jesus rebukes the storms, when Jesus covers your fear, hurts, worries, and anxieties, he is complete. He is completeness. He offers complete calm. Not temporary, not partial, but complete. He is our completeness. So what about fear? What about your faith? Without those, Jesus will not cover your fears unless you conquer them and demonstrate great faith, correct? Um, That's not what we see in this passage. I don't think that's correct. It's our incompleteness that is in stark contrast to Jesus' complete calm, to Jesus' overall completeness. Jesus asked the disciples, why were you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Despite their shortcomings, despite their lack of faith and trust, Jesus was still their completeness. Jesus still rebuked on their behalf. Jesus still brought complete calm to their storm. And who got the glory? Well, when you see this statement, who is this that the wind and waves obey him? I think it's pretty clear. Not only did God get their attention, but he definitely got the glory. Are you ready to give God the glory for bringing complete calm in your life? Sure, you may have made great efforts because you are an awesome individual, but God will not share his glory with you. And I can assure you that your own efforts using whatever elixir of choice you have will only be 
that temporary reprieve. Mass mandates, vaccines, government control, inflation, declining real wages, insurmountable debt, the democracy at risk, Roe v. Wade, the World Health Organization. It's enough to absolutely destroy any hope you might have, at least hope that is grounded in what the world has to offer. But make sure you're in the boat with a sleeping Jesus who can rebuke the furious squall and all the emotions and fears that come with it. He can bring complete calm in your life. For my final encouragement, I just want to pray with you today. Lord, I lift up my fellow believers to you and ask, Lord, that you would rebuke the wind and waves in their life. Jesus, bring complete calm to all the stresses, all the strife, all the worries of this world. And we speak, quiet, be still, in Jesus' name. Lord, may you lift them up and protect them. Father, hold them close to you at the foot of the cross. Lord, bring conviction where it's needed. Replace stress with comfort, sadness with joy, fear with courage, anxiety with trust, hopelessness with hope, harm with healing, and brokenness with restoration. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, Sean Griffin here with the Kingdom Patriot Group and co-host of The Grid with Chris Kuhlman. Here at the Kingdom Patriot Group, we have a vision to restore America to her foundational principles. To help you do your part to restore the country, is there a particular topic we could cover that you would find helpful? If so, email us at admin at kingdompatriot.us. That's admin at kingdompatriot.us. We'd love to hear from you today. Thank you, fellow patriots, for letting me share some of my heart today. I hope you were encouraged as you see that Jesus is the key to navigating the storms of life. Peace. Be still. Special thanks again to our sponsor, Phenomenal Christianity. Go to Amazon to purchase your book today or visit the YouTube channel, Phenomenal Christianity. Don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. I'm Chris Kuhlman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot. Oh,